Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy basketball tools. If you don't know by now, it's the end of the season, guys. Uh, you should have probably been using HashtagBasketball.com earlier in the season. It's it's almost April, but you should still check out HashtagBasketball.com for all your fantasy basketball needs and, and also articles about the regular NBA. So, like, they're, they're, they don't take any days off over at HashtagBasketball.com. Go check them out. I'm your host, Mike Hatron, and joining me, as always, is the shadiest GM in all of fantasy basketball, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Wait, what did I do that was shady now? I'm, I'm confused just, by this. Listen, I'm just saying uh, there's been a lot of shady business going on in the listener leagues. Uh, when when you have been the GM, like me losing in uh, all the listener leagues so far. Uh, so that's, you know, I, I just find that really shady. I find that fact incredibly shady. Um. Yeah. Sure. Because you lose, it's shady. All right. I guess yeah. that's fair. I mean, that, I don't know it what is to say about that. It is true. And to throw to throw everybody off the scent in the dynasty league, Tyler, uh, you lost three to five to throw everybody off the scent of your shady GMing. <laughs> um, and I want to say congratulations to it's on like Doncic Kong for having the best name and for winning the uh, the year one of the watching the boxes dynasty league congratulations to you um a well-deserved victory my team getting very injured down the stretch did not help um just like it didn't help in many of my leagues yeah down the stretches it is tough and i think we're gonna in our second um chance league we're gonna go all the way to the final day of nba basketball and i think uh that's gonna be it's gonna make uh, everything very very interesting um, when you, you know, LeBron's already sitting out for the rest of the year. Um, there, and there's going to be a lot of just random human beings. Uh, there was a guy, uh, by the way, this guy, Lemon, Lemon Jr., Lemon Cello, I call him. Uh, Walt Lemon Jr. Uh, came in for Chicago Bulls recently. And uh, he looks like the, their second best player. Like, he looks great. And I was like, well, wh- where has this guy been? He's been in the in the G League. Uh, basically putting uh, the the Windy City G League Bulls um, into like the finals. Like I think they're they're in the they're in the playoffs in the G League, and I, I think they I think they almost made the finals or they did make the finals. I'm not even gonna look it up because that's how much I care about the G League. Uh, I guess we're not gonna get sponsored by the G League after that comment, Tyler. But uh, like Walter Lemon Jr. is now uh, someone who had four steals, 19 points, and six assists in an NBA game. So here's a fun fact. You ready for this? I looked up I looked up some post All-Star break numbers and off that one game Walt Lemon Jr. per game in the post All-Star break period is the 12th ranked player in fantasy basketball. Wow. That's incredible. I mean four, the four steals would do it to you but he had six assists and four rebounds too. That's what I mean. So there you go. I mean, he's got to be I'm drafting round 1 next year. That's yeah. that's how it works, right? You know what? Pick him up. I say pick him up right now. Like he's gonna play. That's they're shutting down Chris Dunn. That team is falling apart. They're trying to lose games. Uh, they are gonna lose games. They've been uh, horrendous. 
And uh, this is like 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 we've been saying all year long. This is we we can't even like do a weekly show about this. Like it, we are, there's no possible way we can predict Walter Lemon Jr. as someone who's going to be a top twenty basketball player in the last few weeks of the season. Like well, that's just and, impossible to predict. And these whole shutdown things make it so hard because you know it's not always like the whole like you know the the Timberwolves shut down Jeff Teague. And Derrick Rose and then Tyus Jones became really good, right? Sometimes it's like that. Some guy out of the G League who hasn't played an NBA game all season comes up and does great things. And, I mean, I think we've been saying it on this podcast for, like, the last month, right? That, like, crazy shit's going to happen, and we don't really know how to predict it down the stretch, but there's definitely going to be some crazy games. And, yeah, I have no problem picking up these guys and riding a hot hand. Like, you know, well, Lemon Jr. might have a couple other good games, or in the next game he might play 20 minutes and foul out and score you two points with no other stats. And be back in the G League by the end of the night. Like, who knows? Yeah, yeah and I mean, I don't think there's any way we can predict that either. So, um, yeah, if you see a guy having a great game, if you get a hunch, right? Like, oh, you know, this guy's out, these couple players are out, and you just think, ah, maybe this guy can do something. I mean, I have won leagues on on a hunch before, yeah, <laughs> especially like, ones that go all the way to the end of the year. Yeah, now I mean, now's the time to trust Twitter. There's literally nothing we can do to predict these things. You can listen to this podcast. We appreciate that because we're going to talk about stuff uh, this season, next season. We're going to be looking at the bigger picture as we already have been uh, for these last few weeks because it's just so random that uh, you're just going to have to rely on Twitter and your gut. That's all. That's all we can give you guys. Uh, I hate to break it to you because who knows who's going to get shut down tomorrow? Like we just don't know. But real quick, I want to give a uh, a shout out to our uh, Patreon subscribers at watch uh, Patreon.com/slash watching the boxes uh, because those Patreon subscribers are the ones in the listener leagues, like our our, our friend uh, Doncic Kong, uh, who won the Dynasty League. And I think this is official, Tyler. I don't know if anyone, if there are any active games still going on in the West Coast. Oh, there is. Oh, there there is. But I, I actually don't think there's any more active games going on for Stranger Toms. So Mouse the Feed and Stranger Toms coming down to the wire in the boring listener league, uh, redraft league. And um, it is 4-3 to 1. Mouse the Feed on top. They are currently tied in blocks. And I, I I think, oh, no, Bruno Kabakabla, who's got the worst name. <laughs> However you say that name, I'm Kabokolo. not going to try it. Kablakabla. Kablakabla. Bruno Kablakabla, uh could be the difference here. So it is if Stranger Toms is able to get a block, they're tied in blocks. Um, and they're fairly close on points. So this this is coming down to the wire. It just goes to show you, like every single game matters in the playoffs. So I do not know who's going to win this matchup right now. Mazda Feed has this slight advantage, uh, but Stranger Charms could pull this out. And I, you know, if there's a tie, Tyler, I don't know what we're supposed to do here. Mike, What's... we've gone over this how many times? There's a tiebreaker. It's oh, just whoever beat right. whoever in the regular season. I don't know why you can never figure this Man, out. Yeah, that it's is the same right. way I beat you and you complain about it. Like that's yeah. just what the default is. I don't make the rules, man. I just play by them. Man, very suspicious uh, rule making there. So good luck. I do not know who's going to win this one. Good luck to both of you. But the winners of these leagues, including the Second Chance League, which is going to the end of the year, will be getting 
a a very special prize um and so we're going to be contacting you guys uh after your leagues have finished to make sure we can get your mailing address because we're going to be sending you your prizes like that's pretty cool we've we've never done well we've only had a a few listener leagues but we've never had prizes because we are uh cheap but thanks to the support of our patreons at patreon.com slash watching the boxes you will be getting prizes this year and it, it it's, doesn't involve me and Tyler showing up to your house. I promise. Maybe. I, I can't promise that, actually. We might just come over for dinner. Um, That'd be nice. I don't know. It's only, I'm only coming over if, if you're a good cook or, or maybe your, your mm-hmm. partner is a good cook. I mean, I don't want to eat a bad dinner. Yeah. I, I mean, I make enough of those for us... myself, so you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> you're going to have to send us like a, the, the three to four courses that you're maybe five courses that you plan on feeding us at your dinner uh, ahead of time before we make the commitment coming out. But shout out to all our Patreon subscribers. You guys have supported us all year long. We really, really appreciate it. And uh, I want to give a quick update on this, on this March Madness tournament. Tyler, we were doing a bracket challenge out there and it's gotten super, super weird with the Duke loss tonight. Um, Duke ended up uh, blowing it. Blowing the blowing the whole thing, uh, losing to Michigan State, a, a you know an excellent team, Michigan State, um, and if Virginia would have uh, blown it as well, which they should have, they should have lost to Purdue in in one of the only good games, I would say one of the, the only good games of the entire uh, tournament is that Purdue Virginia game. That's right, I said it. Um, our final four is set. We got Michigan State, Texas Tech, Virginia. In Auburn, and I, you know, I, I'm going to give a shout out to myself, Tyler, because I had Auburn in my Final Four. Um, okay, that's right. You. That's You're right. in second place in this league, but only two people have the team, a team left that can win it. And if you win it, your team wins it, you got a real good shot to to fall into first place. Yeah, in this. It's so um, been very, very close. All since the since the Final Four is all kind of messed up. There's not a lot of um teams here. I felt good about my chances. Had Kentucky and Duke yeah. just won today, I was feeling good about my chances. I was in like fifth place. I felt good about my chances of vaulting up to the top, but um, sadly yeah. they both lost. And now I don't think I'm going to finish last, though, so I'm proud of that. Yeah, you're not going to finish last for sure. Like most of the scores here, you look at the maxes, they're all pretty set. Uh, but we only got two teams with their with their champion left. We got Fear the Beard with Virginia. We got JaVale McThree, who is in last place, who could <laughs> win this entire thing if Michigan State wins the entire thing. So, dude, I don't. The brackets I think, are always fucked up, man. I think if Michigan State wins in the next round, he is like goes from last all the way until all the way up into fifth. That's impressive. I'm pretty yeah. sure. So that's how that's how close everything was, though. Actually, I I think he goes into – he might go into first place. I don't know. I'm not going to do the math. You know how I feel about math, Tyler. Well, he's got a couple other guys in this too, I think. Maybe not. crucial. You know how I think about math. I think it's very crucial to the future of America that our children learn math. That is what I think about math. Enough of all this. uh, We we had to do some bookkeeping here. Shout-outs to our people. Shout-out to the people who support us and and talk about our our listener leagues – but we're going to do a segment um, that we've been waiting all year to do, Tyler. Uh, it's called Real or Not Real. 
That's the new drop I, I just put down earlier this week. Real or not real, the biggest, the, the best segment we've done so far this year, probably. What do you think about that, Tyler? Speechless. <laughs> I was just debating on all the segments we've done this year and, and how, how I could justify this as the best one. I mean, there's just been so many, I can't wrap my head around that statement. Yeah, uh, we've been doing, we have done a lot of segments. Uh, but I think this one, it might be the most valuable, especially at this time of year, going into next year. I, I've always, I say this every single year, right now is the, the time to prepare for your draft next year. That sounds really weird because the draft is not till you know, your drafts are going to be till for another five months, four or five, six months, um, depending on when you, how your league's all set up. But the league and the performances of people is are, are, are going to never be fresher in your mind than they are right now. You're going to show up to the draft in September or October, and you're going to be like, was Jonas Valachunas injured all year? Like, I don't even I don't even remember. Was Darren Collison any good last year? Uh, I have no idea. But now you know. You know where they're at. So you can start making your drafts right now. And I think a part of that is what we're going to do in this segment right here. And look at some of these guys post All Star break who have uh, been performing incredibly well, and we're gonna we're gonna debate: is it real or is it not real? I thought it was gonna be like: is it real or is it a steal? Oh, that's better, Tyler. Why, why didn't we talk about this before the show? Um, I don't we, know because you made up the segment, and uh, I mean, I just. Our pre our pre show meetings we need to have a some better pre show meetings perhaps uh, maybe we we gotta uh, you know brainstorm these uh, these the names of these segments a little ahead of time. Uh, um, all right, fair. That seems fair. That seems reasonable. And some of these guys are actually real. I feel like real or not real, valid question. Uh, not just post all star break, but just in general. Um, and let's let's go ahead and get started. Uh, Tyler, who do you want to start with on this on this list? Um, well, do you want to start? Uh, so here's kind of how I did it. And I didn't do any surprising players on the negative end because I always think, you know, that there's not that many, let's start, start off with this point. Okay. Most people think the all-star break is like the midway point of the season. It's definitely not, not even close anymore. Right. Like most teams have in, in somewhere in the 50 to 60 game range, you know, somewhere in that uh ethos done before the all-star break so like it's literally like two-thirds and a third now um which obviously means it's a pretty small sample size post all-star break that's true so there's there's that fact now i didn't do any ones on the negative end because i feel like you know some teams are just kind of done they're kind of out of it and some players Maybe they get shut down. Maybe they only play a few games. Maybe they just have some poor shooting, whatever, 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 whatever. Um, so I only looked at guys playing well post-All-Star break. And I think every year we find some kind of breakout candidates from this group. But then we also get tricked by other guys who play great and don't do well. So we can start. These are all top 40 players. I think we ought to just start at one end, go to the other. Some of these guys we probably won't have that much to say about. Um but yeah, so I mean, whichever end you want to start with is fine with me. Um, let's start with the, the the top end. Let's start with the top performers right now, and let's start with uh, Devin Booker, the often injured Devin Booker, who is currently and 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 you you got to tell me that he's fifth 
based on what type of rankings, Tyler? What did you base these on? Um, a category per game rankings. So okay. um, that's how I knew he was. That's how I knew your boy Walt Lemon was 12. Um, and I feel like per game is the best way to do it because some teams play, you know, three, four, five more games, especially at this point in the season where there's still most teams have a few more games left to go. And so that can obviously skew the totals on a very small sample size by a lot. So I felt like per game was probably the best way to do it. And obviously some of these guys don't have that many games, right? Like, I mean, if we're talking about a 20, 30 game sample and you miss, you know, five games, that's a big, it's a big hit. Yeah. And Devin Booker is a small sample size theater type of guy. He didn't have a, a full season this year and he's, I think he's yet to have a full season. Is that right? Uh, well, I mean, his first two years he played seventy six and seventy eight okay. games, which okay. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't get much more than that now anymore. I mean, we talk about that all the time, right? Like there are very That's few true. guys that play eighty two. So I would say those are both full seasons for what is a full season in today's NBA. Well, Devin Booker, in my opinion, is is someone who has been on the radar for a very long time as a potential fantasy breakout type of player. It was like okay. And he's going to have a lot in common, I think, with our, the, the next guy on this list, which is Bradley Beal, who did have an incredibly breakout season. But we'll get into that. But Devin Booker has been on everybody's radar. And he's 22 years old. He's super young. He, he had, what, a 70-point game a, a year or two ago. And everyone, I think, drafted him, I think, fairly high this year. And I, I, I think it's a good sign that he's been a bit of a disappointment up until this point because, you know, maybe he will sink down – in the rankings going into next year. I want to throw a, I want to throw a red flag out there, Tyler, about his, his post all-star performance. Okay. Um, and I'm going to look at, let's see, let's go with the uh, all-star game. He's averaging about 38 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. That's a, that is the max. We've talked about this type of stat before, but. That is the max he is probably going to play. It's probably over the average of minutes per game that he will average next year. So looking at at maybe his full season per game, do you want to guess what he's ranked? Uh, Per game? And he's played 62 games. Okay, that's pretty good. So like, it's not like we're talking about some crazy thing. And uh, the Suns have have six games to go at this point, I I believe. Don't quote me on that. I did some quick and dirty math while you were talking. So, I mean, I might have messed that up. So, I mean, if he ends the season with with 68 games, that's a pretty full season. Yeah, at this point, that's a solid season. I mean, that might be more than LeBron. Um, that I, LeBron has only played 55. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even look, guys. I didn't even look. And uh, he's out for the year, so shots, that would be the end of that. Yeah, shots fired. Uh, LeBron can't even get his team to the playoffs, and uh, they have okay. The same stop stalling. Wins. What's he ranked? That the same go, amount of wins as they did last year. So he had a really bad, bad start to the season. I'm gonna go with like, I mean, he's like in the top ten right now, like. I'm going to go with like 32. Oh, Mike, you want to guess again? Cause that's not that close. Ooh. Uh, I'm going to go with 50. No, you're going the wrong way. Really? I would, I was expecting him to be a lot lower. Yeah. For the, right. Are you talking about for the season or are you talking about post all-star? I'm talking about per. Okay. So he was fifth post all-star per game. Yeah. I know that. Okay. I'm talking about for the season. 
per game value. So that just cuts out the number of games, and it just looks at the stat line per game. I eliminated turnovers because I think turnovers can be a bad stat, especially guys that play more minutes. They're going to get more turnovers. It's just it skews the value a little bit too much, especially when you're looking on per game level. I think. Oh well, higher than thirty. Uh, I'm not. He's not in the top ten. So twenty. He is nineteenth. Wow, that's way higher than I thought it would be. Yeah, so that's what I mean. So so now, like, looking into next year, you know, Devin Booker, very young still, right? I mean, he's only 22. He turns 23 in October. Yep. We've seen him increase his scoring every season. Started out 13.8 as a rookie, 22.1, 24.9. Now this year up to 26.9. He's Here's- now averaging almost seven assists a game. Yeah, and that right there is my favorite thing to see in his game. And I know Phoenix is a mess of players and a mess of an organization, but that leap in assists is the leap that he needed in order to reach this this level, the second tier level. His rebounds are, are, are up in the second half anyway. So, like, that's a good sign, too, moving forward. Yeah, I, I think we've, we've seen a step now. He shot... 42.3, 42.3, 43.2, and now he's up to 46.6 this year. Mm. I'm, not, I'm not sure that's going to stick, right? So Another possible red flag, the minutes right. and, the, and, the, and the field goal. But for the season, okay, the minutes aren't that crazy. Like, it's 35. Three years ago, he played 35. Last year, 34.5, and this year, 35.5. So he's, I mean, he's basically played 35 for the last three years. Yeah, that's true. He's he's keeping it standard. This is like the but this is like the first time he's had like a good like stretch of healthy games in a in quite a while. And what I like to see about uh, what what gives me hope that he could possibly repeat uh, what he's doing right now is the uptick in free throws, three free throw attempts a game. That's nice. Those turnovers are a huge red flag. But you know the best players in the league have bad turnovers. Um, and I also think the scoring obviously will be there. I think the assists and rebounds will stay, but, uh, one of your issues, I think with any player, Tyler is the lack of steals and blocks. And I think those two categories there, uh, keep him out of being maybe a, he's probably like a third tier player instead of a second tier player. Uh, yeah, fair, unless it goes up, you know, if he can get two more points a game like he's done every other year and it's at 29 next year, that's pretty interesting. Um, so yeah, that guess is my main final question on this one is where are we going to draft Devin Booker next yeah, year? And I don't, I'm not really worried. And, and you mentioned this maybe a little bit ago, right? I'm not really worried what the market's going to do, right? Like, I'm not going to say I'm going to have this guy on all my team because I don't know what the market's going to look like. I'm really at this point, just looking like, where am I placing this player? in my rankings, you know, kind of going forward. Yeah, I'm I'm probably I mean that's, that's this is a tough question actually because quite a few players have moved their way into um that second tier or at least like, you know, could you can make an argument that they are second tier type players. Uh one of those players we're going to talk about next. I'm probably taking this guy in the early third round. 
So like, and we're talking twelve. the second league. round. So we're talking like twenty five, twenty six, somewhere in there, like twenty. Yeah, probably mid, around mid twenties. Mid twenties. Uh, yeah, after fair, right after Walt Lemon Jr. Fair, you know the, the knocks of him like getting hurt. I, I hear those sometimes, and you know I'm, I I mean he did get hurt last year, right? He only played fifty four games, but I mean if if his numbers at the end of this look like seventy six, seventy eight, fifty four. 68 i'm feeling pretty good about his health um only gonna be 23 and you know that he's definitely kind of in that late second round conversation for me and and a lot of that will depend on you know who switches to teams and and where these some of these guys are playing you know going forward but yeah i I definitely think i'm gonna be very high on booker next year and i'm definitely gonna be looking at him in that you know kind of mid to late second round range that's maybe not where i take him right he might be more in my third round by the time next season rolls around but uh yeah i'm definitely going to be very interested in that in that guy and, and i think when you look at the head-to-head leagues or even roto leagues like i i'm starting to be i'm starting to have the philosophy of like don't even worry about turnovers in a roto league because you need a guy who's bad at turnovers to be good at the rest of your roto league um which almost makes it like why are we using turnovers in a roto league i'm i'm, I'm starting to back off my nine cat um um i guess fundamentalism Oh, yeah. I I will say that I hate turnovers in a roto league. In a head-to-head league, like I can get on board with it, like I'm okay with it. But in a roto league, it just bothers me because literally that would mean if I got every one of the best players, like if I drafted with eleven complete, you know what I mean? They didn't, they never played before, and they just picked players they've heard of, and I literally had the absolute best roster. I would probably finish dead last in turnovers. <laughs> Yeah. Right. I could win the other eight categories and finish last in turnovers. Like fundamentally, that's not the way it should be, especially in roto leagues. You know what I mean? Where those like it's fine to lose a category every week, but to lose to be dead last in that category from the season can really drag you down in the standings, um, especially in a deeper league with a lot of teams. So um, that forces you to be like even better in other things. And if you're like the best team, but you can't get your turnovers together, like. You know it hurts, and so like I'm I'm going to be contemplating that over the over the uh, off season, but yeah, I kind of forgot the point I was trying to make about Devin Booker. But other than his turnovers, like I I think this is a guy in a head-to-head league. There it is, I found it. Uh, that you could build a certain type of player around. Um, so like he might be a little bit more valuable in a head-to-head league, uh, simply because of the the scoring. And the, the kind of interesting, the, if the assists stick, which I actually think they're going to, um, in, in, I guess unless they get uh, uh, the second pick in the draft, then John Mor- Mormon might be might have something to say about that. Yeah, but I mean, and then in that situation, like I think you know they stagger the minutes a little bit. Plus, for ne- for just talking next year, like you know, Morin will do something similar to, to Trey Young, right? Like he'll be slow out of the gate. Plus. You know, he's a very frail body guy, so, you know, the team might want to slow him down and try to put him on more of a strength regimen to start the season to get him a little bit thicker, a little bigger. Um, that would that would consider the team that we're talking about is not the Phoenix Suns who have no idea what they're doing. So that's a little yeah. far-fetched in my opinion. True, but, I, I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is for next year, I feel pretty good about the assists regardless of who they pick because – Unless they get Zion, and even if they get Zion, right? Like Zion's not a dom- ball dominant guy. Yeah, um, true. 
so I, I feel pretty good about whoever they pick, like his assist still being up in the like five and a half, six range, regardless of who, unless they're going to get a point guard, who's just going to dominate the ball or they're going to make some trade for like, you know, maybe they somehow sign Kemba Walker, like something crazy happens. You know what I mean? Like I don't really see those assists being anything to worry about. Yeah. Um, they're still going to run that team through Devin Booker. I promise you that. Uh, let's go on to the next guy here who is currently ranked uh, sixth in uh, in uh, post all-star rankings. Eight cat, no turnovers. His name is Bradley Beal. And Bradley Beal has put the Washington Wizards on his back for the better part of this season. Once John Wall went down, it was the best thing to happen to Bradley Beal's fantasy uh, value. And he's kind of done the, you know, has a similar stat line uh, that Devin Booker had. And we finally saw um, that, a nice leap in assists. Uh, his rebounds are up as well. And, like, I think he's been carrying the team too long. So, like, I think the last, you know, couple weeks, those stats are going to look not as good. Um, he's been carrying the key team too long, and that team's going nowhere. So, like... I'm not worried about these last two sets. I actually think I'm going to go ahead and just say like Bradley Beal is going to be 26 next year. Uh, this is definitely for real. Like John Wall being out is the best thing that happened to his fantasy value. Uh, he's got in, uh, the steals that Devin Booker does not have. And that I like a lot. Um, so you, you want to play my game? I played with Devin Booker for, for Bradley Beal. Yeah, you let's want- do it. Do you want to guess where he is? Um, I would categ- take him ahead of. Uh, oh, where where he is right now? Yeah, yeah. Eight cat no, eight category for the whole season per game, no turnovers. Mm. Where, where do you think he's ranked for the entire season? Okay, so and, and John Wall played some this year, right? Like John Wall's not going to play at all next year. Devin Booker was nineteen. I think Bradley Beal is higher. So based on that, I'm going to say uh, fifteen. 13th 13th wow Bradley Beal hell of a season absolutely hell of a season five rebounds five assists uh five and a half assists almost two steals a game 26 points and but also almost 38 minutes a game yeah which is worrying a little bit right and he's a little bit older here right talking about a guy who's going to be 26 in June um I'm not worried about that yet but I do think that Washington is probably going to play him a crazy amount of minutes again next year. So if we're looking at just kind of one year value, I'm not too, too worried about that. But I mean, he played 36.3 last year, so he's up like a minute and a half. Um, Potentially they change coaches and I guess someone could put him down more to like 35, but he's still going to play like 35. I mean, we see that on pretty much every team. The best player plays like 35 minutes a game. Yeah. I, uh, I think he's for real. Uh, I think it's the leap that we've, uh, a lot of people have been waiting for as well. He's he's improved every single year, and, and and that's kind of a theme when you look at these guys who improve every single year. Those are the guys you can start relying on. There's uh there's there's room up there in that second and third tier, and uh, with the fact that Bradley Beal you know gets actually fairly low assists, uh, or excuse me, low turnovers for someone who gets now as many assists as he does, uh, holds the ball gets as much usage as he does. That's a super positive. If you if you do have turnovers in your league. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And, you know, Bradley Beal, man, has just been really good and kind of underrated for the last two or three years too, and I, I think that's worth saying. Um, 
I'm really high on Bradley Beal. I'm I'm actually looking at maybe putting Bradley Beal in my first round next year, which I didn't wow. think I'd say going That's into a little but that might be a little too far. But uh if he stays healthy, you look well, at his, and look at his totals, he's top ten. Well, in the last three years, 77, 82, 77, and he's yeah. played every he's played every game so far this year. So he's on pace to be 77, 82, 82. Now that's not to say he's gonna finish it out, you know what I mean? But that he's worries played, me. <laughs> he plays in every he's played in every game the Wizards have played. Um you know, right now I would say he's just on the outside of my first round, but he's definitely gonna be a consideration for, for that spot for me. He's a hundred percent in that second tier now. And I'm surprised that he made that type of leap this year. Uh, not that he didn't have it in him because he was he was hanging out uh, out in that third tier, but that the, the jump from third tier to second tier is huge. Uh, shout out to Bradley Beal for doing it this year. I think he's for real, and I would um, and I would also like to point out he's getting over half a block a game, and that's really really nice. He, he's averaged last year almost half a block a game. Now he's a little bit over than that you think that you think that stays tyler the the blocks themselves yeah about a half a block a game yeah but i think it's more like a half not 0.7 which it is this year yeah it could drop a little bit but that's okay half a block from your guard is really really nice uh let's let's keep moving to the next uh man on this list nikola vujovic he I can't believe he's the 11th ranked player post all-star break. That's, that's very impressive. Um, again, this is another guy who it really hasn't been, this one hasn't been a fluke either. Really. You want to guess his uh, per game season total? Uh, I'm going to say he's, you know, he's got been top 20, so I'll just go, you know, like 18, 15. There you go. Ahead of LeBron, ahead of Russell Westbrook, ahead of Drew Holiday, ahead of Chris Paul, ahead of Jimmy Butler. Now this is somebody you were on early in the season. Uh, I agreed with you. Uh, but what, there was a worry about how Orlando was going to use him, if they were going to use him uh, now, see, as that, much as they did in the past. He was down below 30 minutes last year. Well, and if you remember, that was my thing that I was calling bullcrap on. I was like, yeah. this is their best player. Like, Mo Bamba is what he is. And and I said this, for, I think, from the beginning of the season. Like, he's not really NBA ready. Like, he just wasn't. He wasn't ready to take on a big role. And then he got hurt a little bit. And that obviously affected it, too. Um, yeah, the biggest worry for me going into the year was minutes, right? He played 28 and a half or 28.8 and then 29.5 last two years. So they had clearly been backing off him. Now he's a free agent this summer. So maybe they just said, screw it and let him play. But I mean, Vucevic has always been good when he gets playing time. Uh, he took a leap to over 20 points a game this year, which I don't know that anyone really saw that coming. Um, he also took the leap to getting 12 rebounds a game. But when you look at his per 36 numbers, like, you know, the, the rebounds went up to 13.7, but he had a year where he was 13 and another year where he was 12.9. So like, it wasn't that crazy. Um, the thing that took probably the biggest leap and, and they've actually been going up the last four years has been the assists. Um, he continues to improve in the assist category, um, which is good, right? Like we always talk about get a center who can get you, you know, three, four, five assists is a big advantage. Um, this one, I don't know what to say about for next year because we have no idea where he's going to play. Well, I, I think that's the key right here. He played 31 minutes, uh, 32, 31, 32 minutes a game this year. Uh, but even in 29 minutes, like you and you say this quite a bit, Tyler, even in 29 minutes, he was, you know, uh, per game last year, he's like a top 30 player. So I don't see that him going anywhere where he is not going to play 29 minutes a game. 
it would seem like a crime to put someone with this type of talent, someone who's averaging 20 and 12 to come off your bench like that, that does someone's going to pay him money. It might be Orlando even uh, knowing that franchise. And if he's going to play 31 plus minutes a game, these numbers are going to go, you know, slightly up. He's a great percentage guy for both free throw and field goals. He's a block steal and now a three guy. He was a three guy last year. So, I think this is I actually I, you know I think this is for real. I think I would ride him next year too. He is 28. Like I, I'm surprised he's only 28. Oh yeah, no, no. If he's back on Orlando or in a spot where he's going to be, you know, I, I won't even say that we need him to be featured, but he's got to be on a team where you know he's going to get 16, 15, 16 shot attempts a game. And you know if he goes to the Warriors or something crazy, you know what I mean? Like. That, that could obviously hurt his value. I definitely don't think I'm going for him in the second round, though. I'd go for him in the third round, probably. Really? I think, you know, I think... You know, I, mean, I, would, I'm a, I, I love would look into stuff. him, depending on where he lands. I think I would look into him in the second round. I actually think mid to late second round is is not a bad place to, to pick him up. Yeah, I mean... And, obviously the numbers are telling you that's good. And, and I made the stat at the beginning of the year about how like he had finished in the top 35 every season, but last season, um, and as far as total values, which was crazy. Right. So, uh, yeah, Vooch is, is really good. Yeah. He's great. I, I think it's uh, kind of, um, telling, we think all these guys are, are, are for real, but like there's with Booker Beal and Vujovic, if there's situations say similar, I don't know how they don't produce um, what they're doing on the full season averages. You know, is uh, top five, top uh, top ten uh, in Bradley Beal and Devin Booker's future? No, I don't think so. Uh, Booker, like you're saying, Booker could be someone who even takes a secondary leap. He's only 22 years old. I think we know who Vooch is, but I, I, I think what Vooch is doing is pretty – for real, I think you know he could be easily show up in the top twenty once again next year. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, the thing that's going to hold Booker back too and leaping into that first round is like you mentioned, he just can't, he doesn't get the blocks and steals. Yeah, and I don't think he ever will. Yeah, that's going to hold him back. Bradley Beal, someone who could actually carry that. So like if Bradley Beal ends up putting some more assists and rebounds in his game. Uh, he could be someone who sneaks into that first round. So, like, these guys do still have a little bit of potential, but just to get to the second tier is incredible. And all three of these guys got to the second tier, and all three of them, I think, um, are probably going to be staying there, you know, for a, a little while. Like, you know, Jimmy Butler was a second-tier player for quite a while. He's dropped into the kind of the third tier at this point, but that's because he had a, a situation change. Uh, so we'll see with these guys, but all, all three of them, I think are for real. Uh, oh, we, for sure about that. Yeah. I, I don't know if we could have everybody be for real on this Tyler. And I, and this next guy, I don't, I'm not going to say he's for real, even though I really respect this guy's game. Uh, I think, you know, you gotta, you gotta mention him and it'd be one of the better point guards in the league. Mike Connolly should just get like a lifetime achievement award for being Mike Connolly. Like he's great. He's always, he's actually always gotten better. And I am shocked uh, when Tyler, you told me he's currently the 18th ranked player post all-star break. The, I know he's been playing well, but I didn't know he was playing that well. Yeah, he he got really hot um, for a stretch there. And 
Um, Mike Conley had a really good season too. Like, I mean, we look at that total season value. He's ranked 28th. So yeah, it's not like he's any buster um, as far as the full season goes. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of Mike Conley's game, but he's going to be 32 next year. And that's the age, especially for point guards, where I start to get pretty worried. Um, so it, the, his drafted price is going to matter a lot for me here. I'm looking at Mike Conley more in that kind of like, you know, third, fourth round range in a 12 team league. And I could see him kind of going in that second, you know, early third round when I'm probably not there. I'm probably more in that back end of the third round for me. Yeah. I think late third into the fourth, um, but, a, but it's a safe late third into the fourth, you know, I think now granted he's been, uh, he's had injuries and granted we don't know what that Memphis team is going to look like. But... Oh, yeah, I, I'll say this to that point. I think I'm more worried about the injuries than the production. Like, I think if he's healthy, I think you're going to get good stats from Mike Conley. I'm just worried that yeah, he's, he's, like the be- he's the best player on that team now. Right, and you know what I mean? And they're going to have another top pick to add to it, and probably. I mean, they actually could actually lose their pick to the Celtics, right? It's like top eight protected. Yeah, so they might not have anybody coming on the team, and then it's the Mike Connolly show, and that's positive if you're if you're a fancy player. So I like the idea of not a lot of people getting on the Mike Connolly train next year, and a lot of people who've kind of overlooked him and they kind of forgotten about him, and being able to pick him up in a late third, early fourth situation as a super quality point guard who gets you six assists over a steal a game and uh, 21 points, which is, you know, actually without, uh, excuse me, Marcus soul, he's probably going to get you more points than that next year than his, than his full season average this year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. So Mike Connolly, I don't think he's for real. But I do think he's a good uh, guy to keep an eye on in that in that late round. I don't think he's going to be a top, you know, twenty player next year. But hey, man, he's like he's pretty close this year. So <laughs> I don't think it's a huge drop off, but there's a higher potential for that drop off next year. Uh, let's talk about this next guy. I'm surprised he's on this list. Trey Young, twentieth post All Star break. Now Trey Young's been lighting it up, but I don't know. I don't know. He's he's been playing this well. Are we looking at another Donovan Mitchell situation going into next year? Um, as far as what 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 is that? Well, what are we? Well, the Donovan Mitchell about? situation would be a guy who played incredibly well as a rookie, who then gets overhyped into being picked at like the end of the first round, early second round, and I don't think he'll fall off as much as Donovan Mitchell has fallen off because like. I think they're still going to run that team through Trey Young, but you know, depending on who they draft, obviously. But is are we are we getting too hyped on Trey Young? I think the hype's going to be obviously very large next year. But is is this late season performance by Trey Young just a, a little too good to be true? Yeah, um, especially for fantasy, right? Like he does a lot of good things, but this is a guy you're always going to want, just like Donovan Mitchell in a lot of respects i think it's a guy you're always going to want more in a roto league than or more in a head-to-head league than a roto league because i don't think he's ever going to shoot that good from the field i mean i just think he's he's more of a chucker Um, he's shooting 41.8 percent this year the thing he's going to give you is he's going to rebound the ball really well for a point guard 
He's going to give you like 20 points and like eight to nine assists, which are great, right? But there's not a lot of defensive stats here. So if you're telling me he's going in the first round, I'm out. And it's the same thing I said with Devin Booker, right? Like you can't get 0.8 steals and 0.2 blocks and expect to, you know what I mean, be in the first round range. And, you know, some people will say he's only playing 30.8 minutes a game for the season with those 0.8 steals and 0.2 blocks. Like if he plays 35 next year, okay, well then that's different. That's probably like, you know, pretty close to a steal, but that's still probably not pushing him into that first round range. No, I'm not even looking at him close to any of that time. Like I'm, I'm looking at him as like maybe an early fourth round type of a draft pick. You got, um, I'll say this. If you, if you need us need assists really bad, he's going to be one of the best assist guys. Yeah, that's great. And like over the last like month or so, it's like almost five rebounds and 10 assists. That's right. and scoring 23 points a game. That's incredible. Yeah. But I think that's more of a blip than anything. Like I think the assists are going to settle in there at like nine, um, you know, eight, eight to eight to nine. And which is great. Right. It's still like one of the top producers in the league. Um, yeah. So I actually like Trey young for next year, but I think everyone else is going to like him more. Yeah, I think you're not going to be able to get a deal. I, th- I, I think he's going to be like getting picked in the second round. Oh, 100%. Third. And I'm That's out good. on that um, for sure. So No, I mean, we said this last year with um, with Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell played 33 minutes a game. I'm going to do a real quick comparison. Uh, for the season, Trey's only playing 31. So, like, there's room to bump up there. But let's just look at what he's done in the last couple months. He's playing 33 minutes a game. Donovan Mitchell was playing 33. Donovan Mitchell was 20, three or four rebounds, four assists, and a steal and a half. That's really nice. Um, Trey here in the last couple months, 23, four and a half rebounds, nine assists. There's your big difference. Only a little under a steal a game so like he's got a little bit more of a fantasy friendly game um but like where we said this with donna mitchell where does he make an improve where is it possible for trey young to make an improvement going into next year the elusive field goal percentage yeah that or he's you know they all say say about his you know amazing three-point shot he's only shooting 33.3 percent for the year yeah So, so potentially that's an area where he could yeah. Okay. That's pretty good. So if he gets a little bit better at three, he's making a little bit more. He's getting more points. And he and even uh, if he takes it up, goes to, up a little bit, and maybe his I mean. steal gets up to one, like okay. Yeah, and then you know you're looking at a little bit more upside, but you know even still, if we say you know he's the 60th player for the season on those numbers. So if you look at it at like 20 points a game with nine rebounds and four assists and two point five three-pointers on better percentages like you're still only looking at like a top 30 30 top 25 maybe barely depending on how far the points go up like the points go up to like 21 22 23 then obviously he's pushing that top 20 yeah i don't i think that's actually a little too far i think his ceiling is is somewhere around that late 20s mid mid late 20s and that's if everything goes right so like i would be looking at him in the early uh to mid uh, probably the early fourth because he's just got the he's got the upside i don't think yeah he's not gonna fall that far yeah me neither and um it'll be interesting to 
see how crazy people that's what i'm looking forward to that more than more than trying to draft him on my team I'm just looking forward to seeing how crazy people get on him. he's going to be a great guy to throw out there in your auction league drafts uh he's gonna uh, early in the draft just get him out there get that money off the board uh yeah I'm, i kind of feel the same about that all right th- this next one is the most surprising i actually don't i don't know if i believe you i don't know if i believe it you need to go check your numbers um you can check them for yourself. I check them on um, Basketball Monsters. I trust you. I trust you as a stat checker, not as a GM, Tyler. Demarcus Cousins, 23rd since the All-Star break. Dude, and so, so he, like 25 minutes a game. Here's the craziest part. I'll tell you he played 25.4 minutes a game for the season. 26 yeah. games. Now, I'm looking at per-game rankings. Obviously, if it was total value, 26 games would have him like – in the 300 range because that's not enough games right guess where he's ranked in 25.4 minutes a game per game per game 55 33rd wow and and we've talked about this that was valuable that's incredible we've we've talked about him you know for for years now, right? Ever since we started doing this about how he's a special player and he's a really great player in head-to-head leagues. And, you know, he just does so much, right? Like he's averaging 1.3 steals. He's averaging 1.5 blocks. He's averaging eight rebounds. He's averaging 3.6 assists. He's averaging 16 points. He's averaging 0.7 threes. His percentages are pretty darn good. He's 47.7. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he, he's just doing a little a bit of everything. He yep. really is truly a unicorn, a guy who can hit two threes, get you 13 rebounds, and uh, one and a half steals, one and a half blocks. He's he's truly a unicorn. And here's what's crazy, man. He's 28. He's going to turn 29 in August, and he's going to be on another team next year, probably playing a larger role. The Chicago not, not only more minutes, but you know what I mean? More shots, more everything. Um, yeah, so is he back in the kind of first-round territory? So, yeah, this is, the, to me, the toughest one. Um, I don't even know. I don't even know what to make of it. Um, man, where do you draft a Marcus Cousins? I think we might actually have to do like an hour on just that particular particular topic because you know if you look at his per thirty six, he's going to be you know as good as he was last year. My question is: is does he does he start once he gets on to back to a team that he is the best player on, uh, or the second best player on? I guess if he goes to like the Knicks or something like that um with Kyrie that'd be interesting is he gonna start shooting threes again because if he's gonna start shooting threes again I would say yes he's a first round uh late first round draft pick but if he's not gonna start shooting threes I can't go all the way yeah okay I I I hear that um but in a head-to-head league you know punting around that guy is still gonna be a phenomenal stat line regardless Certainly. I mean, like if you're, um, and there's upside to actually have it too, which is always a good thing if you're punting, right? To be like, I'm shoring up these categories and I'm punting threes, kind of, and then maybe Cousins comes out and gets you two threes a game. Um, that would obviously be a big help. So, uh, yeah, man, I don't know what to to do with Cousins because I'm kind of a little bit on the fence and putting him in my first round. I'll probably have him in that you know, early to mid second round range for next year. I think I just, depending on where he goes to, right. Like if he's back on the warriors and they bring back clay and everybody like, yeah, then I'm out, but right. And then it's the different discussion, but like, if he's going to be like this, even like the second or third option on a team, 
man, it's going to be hard for me to pass him. Like if I'm sitting there at like pick 20 and he's still on the board, I'm going to have a hard time going with somebody else. If you're, if you're going to tell me he's going to play 33 minutes a game and he's going to shoot, uh, he's going to make more than one and a half threes next year. I don't know how you take him past like the 12th or 13th pick. He's just that good. That season that he was basically dominating with uh, Anthony Davis, he was one of the best damn players, uh, fantasy players in the league. This is a really, really tough one. And this might be one of those, um, you know, shoot for the moon type of picks where you didn't get a first pick. You're in a kind of a bigger league, 12, 14 teams. Um, you didn't get one of those top picks. So you're going to miss out on the, on the high-end guys. Well, the further DeMarcus Cousins slips – into the into the late first round the more appealing he becomes when you're able to like match him up with someone like Joel Embiid or something like that so you got these two giant enormous huge unicorns running around that becomes interesting to me so I actually think he's like out of circumstance you got to take a shot when you're taking a a late when you start out with a late first round pick you got to take a shot he's a good shot to take so okay, I'll I'll give you a couple names, a couple guys I've been chewing the fat on. I'm um, looking at my rankings. So you can have Kawhi Leonard, or you can have Demarcus Cousins. What? Uh, Jokic. Mm, yo, uh, yo, um, Jokic. Damian Lillard. That's not fair. Uh, <laughs> probably Dame. Joel Embiid. Ooh. I might go cousins if he if I if if the things that I said could be guaranteed you know thirty three minutes one and a half threes Paul George no nah, I don't think I could go over Paul George LeBron yeah over LeBron Russell Westbrook definitely definitely cousins so then you got cousins like right around twelve there you go that's where I got him. I'm all right I'm all right with that that's kind of what I said Bradley Beal or cousins that's that one's gonna be a tough one for me. I think that's that's pretty impossible. I think there's too many questions. So like I got him at 12 in my mind when it comes to draft time, I feel like he might start slipping a little bit simply because of the question marks around him. Unless, you know, he's like, on a, he's on a team and he's going to play like 35 minutes and he's already looking good in the preseason. And then he's going to skyrocket right back up my rankings. I'm a sucker for DeMarcus cousins and I probably will be next year. Yeah. I mean, cousins is just, he just does so much. It's just, I, I love watching. Yeah, he's great. And so who knows, but uh, probably a late first, early second round player or not. Who knows? Or uh, not. You never know. Whoever knows. We can't give we can't give a good uh, um, synopsis on that one. Let's go to these uh, next few players that we got on the list. Last Daniela. four, all surprises, I would say. Yeah, Daniello Gallinari. Uh, shout out to him. I'm surprised. But I'm not surprised because he's been healthy. Daniela Gallinari, 28th post-All-Star. I think 28 is a little high. Obviously, I don't think that's real. But a not-hurt Daniela was always good. Uh, for the season, 36th. Yeah, that sounds like correct to me because I, I remember how good Daniela Gallinari is when he was actually not injured. So uh, sign me up for being on team definitely not drafting this guy next year. Yeah. Because he's going to be a top 50 pick, and he should be until you look at it this way. 
So starting in the 2013-2014 season when this guy was 25 years old, he did not play with a torn ACL. Then you got 59, 53, 63, 21, and then this year, 64 games. So even if you say 70, that'll be and, – and if you go back even further, right? So looking all the way back since his rookie year, he's played over 70 games. His rookie year was 2008, 2009. You want to guess how many times he's played more than 70 games? Once. Twice. He played 81 in his sophomore season with the Knicks. And in 2012, 2013 with the Nuggets, he played 71. So this could be the third year since 2009 that he played over 70 games. Yeah. In those years that he played a lot of games, really good. He was a, you know, he had all the fantasy stats that you wanted. It was just like out of nowhere. He's got, you know, decent uh, steals, but he was getting good um, rebounds, great percentages, good good threes, good points. Um Keep me away from him. Yeah, I, I'm just, he's. I don't think he's for real in the sense that he's that high. So, I wouldn't probably take him until like the that end of the fourth round. Oh no, not even that for me. I don't think this is my point because it, it's one of those you know divergent paths, right? Like if you get this guy and he plays 70 games, it's going to be a home run. But if he plays 21 or 53 or 43, like he has played, right, then you're basically wasting that pick, especially if it's inside the top 50. So once it gets past 50, I'll start looking at him because at that point we talk about it all the time, right? Like everyone's value is so tight and it doesn't take much to like drop out to be like the hundredth player. But I mean, he's going to be 31 years old too in august so i mean i think that's worth mentioning like and it's a guy who's a bad health history for years right he's played 10 years in the league and he's played two over 70 games like man i don't know even at 50 i'll probably find somebody i like more and then eventually somebody will take him and i'll be out um if he fell to like pick 60 or 70 man i at some point you have to take the guy right I'm not exactly sure where that number is for me yet, but well, yeah, like you're saying, that plateau, that first plateau of players, he's the one with the best. He's in the group with the best upside in that first plateau of players. So, like, once you're in that 50 yeah, but, plus range, you gotta like probably look at him between somewhere between 50 and 55. Okay, and and like this is a bad example because you know who knows if he's even gonna go there. But like, are you gonna bet on the upside of someone like Zion, or are you gonna bet on Danilo? Right, like, well, say I play. Uh, I fall into the trap that uh, all fantasy basketball owners, I would rather have a young, exciting talent than old Daniela Gallinari. But see, here's why I think I – even throwing that part of it out, right, here's why I'd rather have the young guy who hasn't done it. I'd rather bet on the potential of somebody like that I've earmarked and go, I've seen you play basketball, you're really, really good, than to try to bet on Danilo is going to be healthy again. Because I've yeah. seen it. I have a I have a 20% track record that Danilo's not going to be healthy, right? He's played 10 years in the league. He's played two over 70 games. There's 20% chance he's going to play 70 games. That's not a good percentage. That's a Yeah, the injury flag is real here, and it's a bad sign. And I, I still think you got to look at him after 50, give a hard look. But if your injury gut tells you no, then don't, then don't take him. Uh, there's at some point, once you get past 50, that I think he's impossible not to take. I don't know what that point is, depending on who's on the board, right? But he's not – what he's doing right now, it's hard to say it's not real because it's, it is real. When he's healthy, he is this good. It's not real as in likelihood he'll do it next year. 
Yeah. And, you know, he's they actually are smart. They're only playing him 30.4 minutes this year, which and he's shooting the best he's ever shot. So, I mean, I don't know. There's just a lot there that, that also, you know, kind of makes me think it's, it's not going to be quite as good even if he is healthy. Yeah. Poor Daniela, he could have had a he could have had a nice um he could have had a nice career, I think. And um those injuries really shitted all over him. And that's too bad. You don't want to see injuries around anybody's career. That's uh that's depressing. Um, let's go on to the next guy though, Tyler. That's enough waxing on about Daniela Gallinari, the uh the fancy basketball player that was. Um hey, he got he got his shine this year. Uh, we're going to talk instead about uh, what finally happened. For This is another, like, finally, the fantasy people were right. Jonas Valachunas in Memphis has finally been playing over 30 minutes a game. And he was valuable, and he was, he was fantasy league relevant when he was playing, like, 22 minutes a game. So now that he's playing, you know, 32, 33 minutes a game, he's, like, 22 three and like 13 with a couple assists, very good percentages and approaching two blocks. Those are really, really, those are like fun, all fun, good big men stats. And he gets the occasional three. Um, I'm, I'm not surprised actually that he's um, 30th post all-star because that's how good he is when he's playing those minutes. Yeah. And I mean, this one really comes down to what role and, even if he's on Memphis, let's say, and they draft someone who's not a big man, I don't. I mean, I don't. Doesn't matter who. Just say strap the shooting guard. Doesn't matter which one. Um, they don't really sign anyone that should take a ton of minutes away from him. You know, maybe they sign some backup center, Costa Kufis. I don't know. Just throwing a name out there. Um, are you really gonna feel good about him playing thirty minutes? Like he's so he, I can tell you from his time in Memphis, he's only playing twenty eight point one minutes a game. Still, I joke him Noah plays a decent amount on this team, but Jaron Jackson Jr. is not playing. Yeah, exactly. So like, I don't feel confident at all. I think he is standardly relevant. This isn't so. I'm going to go with a not real because he won't get the minutes. This is what he's doing is real. He is this good in these types of, uh, of minutes. Like he's <laughs> very. He's well, like a poor man's uh, booyah bitch, but I don't. I don't think that it's twenty points a game either, unless he's playing like thirty-two minutes. Like that. That number spiked up a little bit, even per thirty-six. Sure. Uh, um, I don't. I don't disagree. Uh, but he's not going to get this minutes, and that's why this this run is not real. You can't bank on this next year. Yeah, but I still think he might be a steal next year. And here's why, like some people are like out on him because they're like, oh, he's never going to get the minutes. He's never going to get the minutes. And and people miss the boat that even in 25 or 26 minutes, he's pretty valuable. So if you're going to tell me he's going to get like that amount or even 27 or 28, like I, I might still be in on him. Like he might literally go because he's 66th ranked for the season, right? I could literally see him fall into like pick 75. And at that point, he's probably pretty good value. Yeah, I'd actually look for him in the sixth round. I'd get, I'd get, I'd, I'd take a nice hard look at him because of what he can do. Just what it depends on who's on the board. So I mean, even in that late fifth, right? Like at pick sixty, if you're the last pick in a fifth round in a twelve team league and you need rebounds and blocks, I wouldn't have any problem picking Valanciunas. 
me neither. Um, these next two guys, I think, are the most interesting guys we can talk about. Of course, we saved them for last. So if you're still listening, shout out to you. It's a long one. But Kelly Oubre Jr. has been having himself a year, and he is on my radar uh, with his play in Phoenix. He is currently 37th overall uh, per game, 8-cat post all-star break, followed by Pascal Siakam at 38. Let's talk about Kelly Oubre first. This is a guy I've had my eye on uh, since the the Wizards, uh, which is was just earlier this season, so I guess it wasn't that long ago. But uh, he seemed like a Otto Porter-esque type of player, uh, which we all know like when Otto Porter slips a little bit, he's kind of not in that you know top 30 range. He's actually in, in more of a top 60 player. Uh, but Kelly Oubre... Over the last couple months, you know, we're looking at 20 points plus five rebounds and close to two steals a game. His assists are not great. His threes are under two. So a couple red flags there. I'm going to go with not real, but also not. He's not going to be. He's worth looking at as one of the better first plateau guys. So like once you get to like 55 plus. I'm actually looking at Kelly Oubre due to his youth, his ability to break out. The problem is, is that is that lineup in Phoenix. He's a restricted free agent, correct? I think so. So he might leave. Yeah, and, and here's the other thing too. Like at some point the Suns have to sort out that wing rotation, right? Like they have like how many guys? I mean, they got Mikel Bridges, they got Tyler Johnson, they got TJ Warren, they got Kelly Oubre. You know, they got maybe Devin Booker's the point guard now, but I mean, you might throw even Devin Booker in there, right? If they actually get a point guard like John Morant. So at some point, they got to sort it out and they got to, you know, pick a couple guys that they're going to play. Um, you like Ubre blocking a, a shot a game, too, for us, minor shooting guard, small forward type, someone out there on the wing. Um, yeah, Kelly Ubre's stat line, very interesting. We talked about that even when he played for the Wizards, right? Like if this guy could just get a few more minutes, he'd be really, really interesting for fantasy. Um, I'm going to be very scared to draft him next year if the Suns lineup, especially on the wings, looks like it does now. Because I'm just going to be worried he's the guy getting 25 minutes. And we've seen in 25 minutes that he's kind of more of a last guy on your roster or on the waiver wire guy than he is, you know what I mean, top 50, top 60 player. Yeah. Um, I'm with you on that one. I think just like – you just don't know what that rotation is going to look like. You know, the Suns are kind of stupid. But if you're going to tell me he's going to be put in a position where he is going to play like 32, 34 minutes a night, uh, I like him. And- oh, yeah, yeah. No, if that's the case, right, then yeah. we're talking a whole different story. I, what, I guess my point is is I don't know that there's any way you're going to be able to guarantee that. And maybe sure. that ma- makes him a good upside shot. But, like, if you're trying to win a big league and you don't really care if you finish last or first – he might be a great upside shot because if he does get those big minutes, right? Like you're going to feel good about that. But I mean, he's 93rd for the season playing. Yeah. He's someone who when and that's why we uh, said earlier in this uh, podcast, now is the best time to go do your rankings and look into next season because these things are fresh in your mind. You're going to go look first off. You're going to go out to ESPN and ESPN is going to have him rank 250th because they're they're they have no idea what they're doing. Shout out to no, ESPN. if they'd like to give me a job, that'd be cool, dude. It'll be or it'll be that or the exact opposite. He'll be like 25th, and you'll be going like, wait, what? 
Yeah, you can, we actually, that's a good point. It's either 25th or 250th. I don't know, but it's going to be something absurd. But I think you're going to see a lot of uh, lower ranks for him, because, and you're going to look at what he did last year, and you're going to go like, uh, 90, uh, that's not very, very good. Uh, never mind. But when you look at what he did post-All-Star break, he was a top 50 player. And if he's going to get this type of usage, he will be a top 50 player next year. So if he's slipping into the seventh round, sixth round, seventh round, eighth round, like I think he's a, a must pick at that point. He's got the upside that you were looking for in those late round picks. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I, I just worry about him, especially if the Suns purge that roster a little bit. Him becoming kind of a trendy sleeper because he's twenty four and that's true. He played good post All Star break, and and at that point, right? I mean, you know how we we always feel about the trendy sleepers. Like they always end up going too high in most leagues because everyone's reading ESPN sleeper list. And well, you heard it here first. He is the trendy sleeper for next year. Um, I'm probably gonna still ride with Kelly Oubre because. Uh, I feel like I have a you know I have a good eye for some of these guys, Tyler. That's why I'm in the business. Um, I got a good eye for you, baby. I got a good eye for Kelly Oubre's. Um Last guy on the list, Pascal Siakam. This is a little bit of a different story. It's almost the opposite of, of the Kelly Oubre story because everyone is going to know who Pascal Siakam is. Um, in fantasy, they definitely know who he is because he was like the waiver wire pick of the year, uh, which in our awards show, we're probably going to have to give it to him right off the back. But – He's also uh, a guy who I think is going to become someone uh, the general public knows once the playoffs start. Fair, fair, fair assessment, I yeah. think. And um, he's had a great year. Like, he's been playing 32 minutes a game. He does about he does everything really well. He doesn't do anything great. He does everything very well, which adds up. He's like a, he's like a better auto-putter. Yeah, and I think maybe he's a little more valuable in Frodo leagues than in in head to head because Certainly. if you're punting, like there's nothing to punt when you have a Pascal Siakam because like he's just kind of good at everything, right? And so you know you like that. Um, plus the percentages are are good, um, especially for a, a big man. Um, he's 45th for the season per game eliminating turnovers. Um, so I guess my my question here is. Is there room for him to get better, number one? Yeah, that that's I was gonna ask you that question. Where does he get better? Um, so he's twenty-five. He actually turns twenty-five on April second. So happy early birthday to Pascal Siakam. Wow. Um shout out to Pascal. You know, I guess it matters what this team looks like too, a little bit, right? Like if they get rid of Kawhi or you know what I mean, if he moves on, you know, how do they fill that void? Yeah. I almost like I almost like him worse if Kawhi is not on the team. Um, you know, does he play more than thirty-two minutes? Probably not. So the minutes probably don't go up. Maybe he gets a little bit better at threes. Yeah, but that's going to knock down the field goal percentage. Like like him, him yeah. shooting more. But his and field goal percentage more. is great, right? So like, yeah. Yeah, but. You know, like if you shoot a lot of threes, it's hard to shoot over 50%. So, you know what I mean? Like if he's going to get up to like one and a half or two three-pointers made a game, that could drop that field goal percentage below 50, which that's a a, a big trade-off there. Um, yeah, I like him that he's a, a big man that, that does steals. And the blocks are not great for a power forward, but there's some blocks. And then he gives you three assists. Um, this is a guy I'm – 
probably going to pick a lot because I feel like punting blocks may be the strategy to go with next year. There's just not many guys getting a ton of blocks. So maybe you just forget about blocks and, and maybe you can still make a team that's halfway decent in them by just concentrating on rebounds and other categories. And what, uh, what round are you going to be looking for them in? Um, crazy or not he's probably a top 50 player for me no yeah i think i, I don't think that's crazy i think he um so, i mean he that's has what... a good chance as someone who's improved uh took a nice little step here he could improve maybe a little bit he could be a top 50 player he's a top 50 player this year uh there's no reason why he couldn't you know match that next year this is what i'm worried about here you look at pascal siakam you punt field goal percentage and he's suddenly the 64th rank player in an eight cat league. So without field goal percentage. So he, his assists need to get better. He needs to maybe hit a little bit more three pointers. And I think those are certainly things he could do. Yeah. And then here's the other thing, right? If Kawhi leaves, does he become a larger part of that offense as far as scoring the ball? So he averaged 18 and a half or 19 points a game. Like it's definitely reasonable for a guy who's 25 years old to take a leap there. Um, so that'll be interesting too. And, um, yeah, I, I, it'll a lot of depend on the situation, but I think right now he's kind of in that back end of my top 50, like in the 40 to 50 range, which is basically where he is this year. Um, think about how much money I could have won off you, Mike, if I would have bet you that Donovan Mitchell finished behind Pascal Siakam. Uh, I think you could have made a lot of money off of legitimately anybody. So that would have been, I mean, no one saw this coming. Yeah, so I think um, you know we 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 might have. I, I don't know if we were on him at all. Uh, to be honest, I don't remember. I was not, but I will say that I think this is real. I'm I'm a fan. I think it's real. I think it's real too, but I I think I'm um. I'm worried that he's going to get a, a lot of hype. He's going to maybe have a good playoff series, get a lot of hype going into next year, and I don't. I'm taking a. I'm looking at him in the fifth round. And even then, there's some upside guys that I, I might take him over. So, like, maybe even late fifth round. Because even though he could make some adjustments up, I don't know how he gets, like, in, I don't know how he becomes, like, a third like a third. I, tier I will say that. I don't think he can ever be a third-tier player. I think he's a top 50 player, but I might not draft him in the top 50. I, that's a fair assessment to make. Because, like you're saying, this is not a guy with a ton of upside. Yeah, his ceiling is lower than quite a few people. Um, so, or yeah. Outside of the top 50. Right, I'm with you there, um, but you know, as a safe guy, I feel like he's pretty safe in that forty to fifty range. Yeah, I think that's a solid. That's a solid bet. He's like, like I said, like for many years, Otto Porter was a great uh, roto right. guy, and Pascal Siakam, great roto guy. He's like the the plain whatever, like something just plain Jane. Like he's just gonna be what he is, I think. And he's not. He's not flashy. He's not pretty. He's just going to be Pascal. He is what he is, man. It's a great name, Pascal Siakam. It's a, I like, I, he's got one of the better names in the NBA. And uh, that ends it for our, the best segment of the year, real or not real. And that's it for the podcast as well, Tyler. Um, Tyler, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, man, do I have anything I want to plug? That's a good question. Um, well, I'm sure people read my mock draft. Um, that was, that was fun. It's fun yeah. to write. 
Um, but you can still check it out, right, at the Smoking Cuban. You can just Google that, Smoking Cuban Mock Draft. You'll find it. Um, this month is a, a fun month for my writing because I will be writing a ton about what happened this season and what will happen going forward. So um, I'm looking forward to that. Um, as far as a particular piece to plug, uh, not at this moment. All right. Well, you can follow Tyler at Tyler P. Watts on Twitter. You can follow me at Watch the Boxes. If you've enjoyed this podcast this season, uh, we've enjoyed you listening. And we really appreciate that. If you want to help out, rate and review us, leave us feedback on Twitter, or check out patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Uh, subscribe, uh, become a subscriber, get some uh, some of the extra benefits of being a subscriber, early podcasts, access to the listener leagues. Uh, but most importantly, you get to help out the pod, and we can start bringing better things, like maybe looking into putting real drops on our segments instead of me just yelling. Uh, so that is something that might be a listener uh, goal for next year, is that we'll, we'll invest in some actual drops uh, instead of just me talking and yelling lots of noise to scare people when they're trying to listen to this podcast while they're going to sleep. I don't know if people would listen to this going to sleep. That's a weird time to listen to this podcast. If your dulcet tones puts everyone to sleep, Mike. Yeah, my constant yelling probably puts you right out. Um, that's it for tonight. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We appreciate you. Have a good one. Enjoy the rest of the NCAA season and the rest of the NBA basketball season. Good night.